Good morning, good evening, good afternoon. I'm not sure if you can hear, but if you listen really closely to this podcast, you might just hear the sounds of a casino in the background. And it was actually what I did the last time I had this gentleman on the show. I did a little intro, uh, sort of my tribute to the movie Casino. Um, so I've got the pit boss of Toronto Commercial Real Estate joining me once again for uh, our updated segment. So uh, go ahead and uh, introduce yourself to the people, Larry. Good morning, people. My name is Larry Wallstadt. I'm a commercial specialist dealing in commercial real estate here in the GTA. I am active all day, seven days a week, just like my friend here, Paul, and we deal in real estate. That's it. Indeed, indeed. I, I, I won't say 24-7, but I will definitely say that I'm available seven. Obviously, the hours that, uh, you know, that, that we decide to work in those uh, in those times are, are depending on, of course, our lives. Oh, 100%. 100%. Yeah. So that, that's one thing I think uh, you've got pretty good control over. And I'm and I'm always learning to, uh, you know, to to uh, make sure I schedule myself properly. So let's get into the uh, obviously let's get into the good stuff. Of course, uh, the last time we spoke, it was January. And uh, let's just say that, you know, that was probably a year ago in terms of the way the market was. Uh, and that's how real estate work from month to month, from week to week. Um, I find even just recently I did a report for somebody and the difference between January activity and February uh, was just uh, night and day. And, and it, it was almost impossible to explain because other people, uh, you know, the average person doesn't think about it like we do. So what are you finding, Larry, on your uh, on your side of the desk there? What are you uh, what are you seeing? I'm finding that the uh, commercial real estate market has suddenly become very, very hot. Yeah. Um, I say hot because it's active. And when I say active, I mean not just in leasing properties, but in selling properties. And okay. these are all commercial properties that I deal with. Uh, they range from uh, Main Street retail stores, office space to uh, commercial space, industrial commercial space, condo space, and sale of buildings. And whether they're commercial buildings or uh, uh, industrial buildings, uh, office buildings. I do a lot of buildings uh, on main streets. Yeah. And I'm finding that um, I have a slew of listings right now. And I'm finding I'm getting lots of phone calls within the last, I'd say, week and a half. Uh, I, I would say my number of inquiries have doubled. And that's lovely for this time of year. Absolutely. Uh, and I 100% and I agree, because of course, uh, the one analogy I keep referring to, and you, you would think that I've uh, been doing this my whole life, but I use the surfing analogy very often, because uh, I, I, I've been surfing once, and I'm, and I'm admitting it here, and that was it, and I wasn't that good, and I almost got pushed under the water. This, this was in Hawaii many years ago. But one thing I did learn from those guys, and they did teach me, they told me some stories. And one of the things is they will sit out there in the water for hours and hours just to feel a little bit of a shift in the movement on their feet. And that's it. They'll know that, okay, the way the water's moving now, uh, something big's coming. So for us, we're those guys. We're, you know, we're the ones with the feet in the water all the time. Um, so two weeks ago, yeah, I, I, I didn't see a lot happening very few inquiries, very few um, appointments. And then all of a sudden now uh, it's just like they're coming out of the woodwork as we get into um, for some areas, I don't know about the areas you service, but I know for me, March, April, May, um, historically, 
uh, are very good months, uh, especially for those selling. So obviously for, for commercial, I, I'm, I'm sure there's, there's, you know, maybe there's different cycles. Um, so what's the, uh, what's the, you know, what's the explanation in your opinion, anyways, what do you, what do you think that's uh, um, driving commercial right now? What's uh, what's, what's going on as far as that goes? Cause the last time we talked, I believe we also sort of um, tiptoed into the whole issue of commercial mortgages being not easy to deal with. Yeah, we did that. We discussed that and we found that um, I, I still find that commercial mortgages are very difficult to arrange. Yeah. But with the right mortgage broker and the right agent, it can be done. It's not okay. that the banks aren't giving mortgages. They're very, very supportive of the BDC mortgage, uh, mortgage, mortgage situation. Mm -hmm. uh, BDC gives mortgages to companies, businesses, and they're, they're focused right now. They want to make 25% of the mortgages they give out this year will be to women. And that's great because uh, finally, they have an opportunity. They don't have to rely on anybody else. They rely on their own their own ability to do business. Great. Uh, oh yeah, it's extremely extremely interesting. I had a uh, I had a I had a situation happen where I had a couple of properties trying to sell, and unfortunately, because the income wasn't stable, the mortgage companies weren't looking at it. They wouldn't even give you financing. They wanted like sixty percent down, and most buyers can't do it. But there are mortgage brokers and banks out there that will deal and will give mortgages. You may have to uh, wait, and that's a big problem, is waiting for it. Because banks will demand at least 30 business days, which is our days that the, the registry office is not open. Yeah. So that's Saturdays, Sundays, and holidays. Yeah. And that's what's necessary today to get a mortgage. So that's what we're talking about. Interesting. So, and, and what would you say as far as, you know, obviously those who are listening and trying to learn, because uh, again, that's what I'm always doing when I'm listening to podcasts. So uh, if someone's thinking of getting into a commercial purchase, what would be, um, I guess, what would be a minimum that they would have to put down? Uh, I, I think I remember something around 30 or 40%. Is that still accurate? Uh, you're looking at 25 to 30% as a minimum down payment for the banks today. Is that, is that the normal or is that just the minimum? That's not the normal. That's what I've been seeing. That's okay. what I've been uh, happening around. Okay. There are there are some banks that will ask for more, depending on the credit, the credit worthiness of the buyer. They may take less. Depends on the tenancy of the property you're you're selling. Like some buildings will have excellent, as we call them, AAA tenants. Yeah. A bank is a AAA tenant. A government office is a AAA tenant. Uh, a lot of the major Starbucks and people like that, they're they're good tenants, but they're not considered AAA as per se. But banks like them. Banks like Tim Hortons. They like a lot of the uh, franchises that have been around for a while. They will look at the the business. They they will look at the leases, and then they'll, they'll decide what they're going to do, what more they're going to want. Very nice. Very good to hear. Okay. So yeah, let's, uh, I guess let's, let's go into our, our, our other planned uh, discussion. Obviously we did a little bit of a market discussion. Uh, so let's, uh, I guess we'll, we'll, we'll jump into some, uh, uh, some of your, I guess your, some of your casino stories, because uh, I'm not sure if, if you haven't heard the, 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 the previous podcast, uh, you may or may not know what Larry used to do. So I guess you can um, do that little explanation and uh maybe throw a story in there as well 
I can throw many stories. I can actually write a book about my experience in the casino world. I was involved in the casino world way back in the uh, time when Toronto had charity casinos going around. Uh, from there, the NDP government decided in 1994 to allow casinos in Ontario. And uh, they opened up the casino in Windsor, Ontario. And I was approached by that company, owing to the fact that I was involved previously with certain charity casinos. Uh, I was approached by Windsor and they asked me if I'd come out there. I did. I was a day one employee. I had trained numerous dealers and people out there in the games. And a lot of these people I trained are now CEOs of the casinos in Ontario. The presidents of Windsor, the presidents of Niagara are gentlemen sometimes that I, I taught how to deal poker or blackjack. That's really interesting. The casino world, um, I, I was in Windsor for five years. I was a pit boss, and that's the best job in the world in the casino. I worked on a riverboat. I don't know if people remember, but in the uh, early, uh, the late 90s, uh, Windsor brought in a, a riverboat right from uh, right from the Mississippi. Hmm. And that's what I worked on. Okay. And it was amazing because it was a boat. So you had to use all the boat, boating terminology, like the washing was ahead. The uh, jail they had there was a brig. The boat was either port side or starboard side. It was quite interesting. But the most fun I had was being a pit, pit boss. Um, as a pit boss, you were, like in real estate, I guess, you're dealing with people. You are trying to make them happy. You're trying to keep uh, keep them uh, satisfied in what they're doing. And you're hoping, you are as a pit boss, hoping they, they do something. They make money because it doesn't matter to you as a pit boss. Uh, if they're making money, you're happy. Mm-hmm. And your job was trying to help them. If they needed something, like in real estate, you'd help them. They needed, they want to go for dinner. They wanted an hotel room. They were getting tired. These are things that I did. And, and similar to real estate, when people ask you, and I know, Paul, you're the same way. When people ask you for something, you bend over backwards to do it for them. Um, you don't always do it because you're going to get money, but you do it because that's the way you are. In, in, in the commercial business, I didn't get paid any extra money to be nice to people, but it was fun. I enjoyed it. Well, yeah, and obviously that's that's the thing about any job. And, of course, you know, we're talking about uh, – uh, you know, doing the work that you're passionate about. Uh, a lot of those, you know, a lot of the behind the scenes of what we do, that's, the, you know, that stuff that we love to do. A lot of that isn't necessarily glamorous. Uh, nobody's ever going to sit and watch a video of me doing paperwork for a, a real estate transaction because, uh, uh, and I'm sure as you know, that's uh, sometimes a lot of hours of uh very menial tasks uh, and no one's going to get into real estate if they watch someone, you know, sitting down and writing, you know, writing out a listing or um, doing the paperwork for, for a sale. Obviously uh, I appreciate all of that and I don't complain about any of it, but all, all I'm saying is a lot of it uh, isn't as exciting as, you know, the being out there, of course, being out there showing houses, that's always fun because you're around people. Um, and of course, yeah, some people just need information. Uh, and that's, again, what you probably experienced in the casino world is some people uh, maybe weren't supposed to be in the casino. I mean, hopefully, maybe at some point you told somebody, maybe you should stop betting now. <laughs> I would uh, I would hope that I could. But unfortunately, we were not allowed to say that. Oh, really? Okay. Would, oh, yeah. You, 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 no, and it wasn't a written rule. But it was sort of knowledgeable. You're not going to tell someone to, you know, you don't like seeing people leave. You, you Sometimes you sort of, you know, you look at him and you go, you want lunch? Maybe you want to go for lunch. I can buy you lunch. Something like that. Yeah, but yeah, uh, yeah. you're not, you really weren't allowed to tell someone, hey, you're losing money. 
get out of the casino. You can't say that. But yeah. back, back to the casino world, oh, excuse me, the, uh, some of the stories I have are absolutely amazing. Uh, I'll just go with one of them, if you don't mind, Paul. For yeah, a go for I one. That's that's all we can uh, that's all we can squeeze in. So go for uh, it. Yeah. I I can write a book on, on what my experience is. With casino, one at a time, my friend. One at a time. Well, I as a pit boss, you were either placed in the regular lower level, we call it lower level, the main level of the casino, or you're placed in the VIP lounge, which is the big boys. And a lot of times, because I I had the gift of gab, I guess I was placed up in the VIP lounge. And you would watch and sit there as a pit boss and watch people come in and and they would use markers. I'm sure people have watched Casino, the movie and other casino movies where people say, give me a marker for a marker is like a check. It's like yeah. money. But yeah. you're putting that client is putting the money into the casino. The casino already has that money. It's not like they're giving it in advance. Casino never uses their money to use the client's money. So the client may deposit a million dollars and use it. Well, in the VIP lounge, it wouldn't be unusual for someone to sit down and say, hey, Larry, how you doing? Give me a market for $200,000. Like nothing. Hmm. And it was just, it was amazing how many times this happens. And people would be betting. And the betting was sometimes in some tables like full Baccarat, like the James Bond movies where you see him sitting there looking suave and a little dealing out cards. You'll have $10,000, $15,000 betted by each person. And each and there's nine spots at a table. Hmm. You're talking a couple hundred thousand dollars just sitting on a table before they even do anything. Wow. And I used to watch people win and lose, and you know it was to them it was just fun. To me, it was fun too because I just watched it. It was amazing. <laughs> well, I guess uh, I guess the saying goes from the movie Scarface: uh, "Don't get high on your own supply." That's was it. Uh, one of the classic lines, and I guess yeah. that was good that you. Uh, uh, didn't necessarily have to uh, go through all the ups and downs of, uh, you know, what those people were doing to experience it. Because again, you could sort of, from your from your you know vantage point, you could sort of watch that and say, ah, uh, that's good enough for me. I got paid. Now I'm leaving. <laughs> well, I could write a book. I'll tell you right now. Yeah. Well, that's again, and that's the whole point. Why a uh, I like having interesting people on the podcast, and you're certainly one of those. Uh, and B, of course, again, the stories, I, I think um, everything that, you know, we were before before we were even born, uh, the storytelling genes that were in our DNA are, you know, are still, you know, they're they're they're, they're they keep going. So for people to listen in and to hear a good story, especially one that's interesting. And that's why I said we should do a podcast, because, of course, the, uh, you know, the um, the pit boss of, you know, commercial real estate, that's a pretty compelling title and uh, of course again you you've got the actual uh you know certifications the actual experience to be able to tell those stories so uh thanks again larry for joining me for again our 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 second podcast and uh, obviously a, we'll is, be uh, doing this again soon i'm sure is there a chance i can just give an update in some of my listings well obviously yeah that was uh, that was sort of a given so please go for it uh, do a little uh, two minute wrap up of uh, listings for sure Thanks, Paul. Uh, last month, I indicated I had a building, a uh, pair of buildings at Avenue Road and Lawrence, right near the uh, across the street from the Puce of Terry's. Interesting enough, um, all of a sudden, out of nowhere, I, I had uh, uh, multiple offers on these two buildings, and the buildings have been sold. Uh, they were listed at $3.4 million, and they have sold conditional, uh, and it looks like we have uh, uh, some new uh, new buyers. We're just waiting, of course, for financing, which I talked about. 
Uh, I have numerous listings throughout the city. Most of them are, are for lease. I have uh, Shepherd and Young. I have uh, a building for lease, and I also have an office space for lease. Very inexpensive. It's two thousand four hundred a month for the office space. Beautiful space. Uh, at the uh, corner of Birchmill and Ellesmere, I have industrial building where I have about eight to ten thousand square feet of industrial space available. They're brand new, state of the art building. Beautiful space. Um, I have a a, a uh, small office at Dundas, Islington. If anyone's looking for a small office, uh, I have a beautiful office space in a building that has a lot of government agencies uh, in in Leaside. I have about 2,500 square feet available. Uh, and finally, I have a little office at Young and, and Shepherd that's available right now, Young and Lawrence. And uh, I'm always looking for listings, and I'm always open to people if they're interested in buying buildings or, or renting. That was my spiel. That's it. Well, that's that's great. And the only thing you left out was the uh, one little thing that we're working on. Which oh, is the, I forgot uh, that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you do it. That's so yours. don't Go leave ahead. that out. Obviously, yeah, the place that I'm going to bring up is a, a wonderful property in the Annex slash Casaloma area. Live work property. Um, absolutely phenomenal. It used to be uh, a former um, designer studio in this area where, of course, designer studios are uh, very popular. And uh, again, this is a primarily commercial uh, listing, which is why I got Larry involved with it. But uh, again, does have, um, you know, does have a, a place where if you decided you wanted to live and work in the property, um, you know, you could jump in there and literally just uh, take over and, and, and be sort of the, uh, the biggest deal on DuPont, if you want to call it that. So yeah, beautiful building. Absolutely gorgeous. Yeah. So for obviously for all of Larry's listings or, or for again, for any of the listings or any of the, any of the comments or any of the places that he was mentioning, uh, feel free to reach out to Larry. And Larry, what's the best way for someone to reach you? They can reach me on my cell phone. You want me to give you the number? Yeah, yeah. 16, throw the number out. Yeah. 416-712-2600. Anytime. Okay. And I'll, and I'll tell you, if you do uh, happen to call or text Larry that he's extremely good at emojis. So he yeah. will make sure that you uh, get your text back and it will be uh, uh, not boring. That's for That's, sure. Yeah. Well, thank you very much, Paul. Paul, I'd like to uh, maybe next month we can talk about the spring market in, in commercial real estate. I think so. I think it'll be the right time, obviously, Perfect. for uh, middle of, uh, you know, obviously March and yeah. uh, March break and all that. So we might have to schedule it uh, accordingly just uh, just in case. But we'll uh, we'll figure that part out. Beautiful. Great talking to everybody. All right. Thanks again for joining me, Larry. Thank you, Paul.